0: matter. Malden Mills invented synthetic fleece. After one of the worst fires in the history of New England on December 11, 1995 leveled most of Malden Mills, the company's chief executive officer, Aaron Feuerstein, faced a crisis. As the factory burned that cold December day, he showed up to comfort everyone. Workers feared the factory would be shuttered, perhaps forever. An observant Jew, Firestein felt obligated to reassure the people who depended on him for jobs. In what became national news, Firestein kept nearly 3,000 workers on the payroll and paid for their health insurance while the factory was rebuilt. That humane act ultimately may have cost Firestein control of the company his grandfather founded. Years later, he said he could have stayed in business longer had he been willing to take manufacturing overseas. His creditors recommended it. When he declined, they demanded immediate payment of loans and forced Malden Mills into bankruptcy. A new company, Polartech, took over manufacturing the fleece, and a decade later moved operations to a state with lower operating costs that is hostile to labor unions. But Aaron Feuerstein never regretted acting honorably towards his workers. This week's Torah portion, Piku Day, features the completion of the tabernacle, the Mishkan. When the Mishkan is ready to receive God, God's presence manifests in a cloud that rests on top of it. This evening, I want to focus not on construction, but on ethics. The parsha begins, these are the records of the Mishkan of the pact, which were drawn up at Moses' command. This was the work of the Levites under the direction of Itamar, the son of Aaron the Kohen. Why detail that Moses ordered an accounting for the materials used in the building project? Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs observes, Moses issued a detailed reckoning to avoid coming under suspicion that he had personally appropriated some of the donated money. Note the emphasis that the accounting was undertaken not by Moses himself, but by the Levites under the direction of Itamar. In other words by independent auditors. Our sages, too, were puzzled about Moses' motivation in ordering ordering an audit. Who wrote this? (laughs) After all, God says of Moses that he is trusted throughout my household. If God trusts Moses throughout the heavenly realm, who are we to suspect that he is underhanded? who needs reassurance of his ethical purity rabbi ismar shorsch former chancellor of the jewish theological seminary observes the sums involved are vast with the weight of a talent equal to 3000 shekels moses deployed 29 talents and 730 shekels of gold 100 talents and 1775 shekels of silver and 70 talents and 2,400 shekels of copper in the tabernacle. It should be noted that these quantities were voluntarily given by the public in response to a fundraising campaign. Stirred by the prospect of an ongoing presence of God in their midst, the Israelites had shared their wealth unstintingly, more than was actually needed. So the donations exceeded what the craftsmen could handle causing Moses to order a halt to donations. Hasn't ever happened since. (laughs) Exodus says they gazed after Moses. In a midrash, the rabbis read that to mean they, the people, criticized him, gossiping that he looked well-fed, that he was eating and drinking what was theirs. Some said, all he has belongs to us. Another replied, a man who oversees the work of the sanctuary, what do you expect, that he shouldn't get rich? When Moses hears them, he replies, by your life, as soon as the sanctuary is complete, I will make a full reckoning with you. As the leader, Moses could request donations and could appoint the designers and artists, Bezalel and Aholiab, to execute the Mishkan plans, but he could not credibly vouch for the honesty of the finances. Only a trusted other could say whether the people's donations went to the sanctuary or to line Moses' pockets. Task, tasked by God and without the benefit of a Harvard, Harvard business school education, Moses governed alone. It had taken his father-in-law Jethro, another outsider, to coach him on developing a cadre of leaders to help him. Elsewhere, the Mishnah says, no office for communal financial matters is to be instituted with less than two officers. This foreshadows the modern practice of requiring two signatures on business checks and not having only one person handle the money. The rabbis of the Talmud declared in Tractate Shabbat that we will be asked six questions when we appear before the heavenly tribunal. The first will not be, did you keep kosher? Or, did you call your mother? (laughs) Rather, the first question will be, did you deal honestly and faithfully with people in your business practices? The Torah legislates other ethical behaviors for employers, For example, when an Israelite hires a laborer, she is to pay the worker that evening, not holding the wages until the morning. We are commanded to act honorably to those who live paycheck to paycheck. Ethical business practices are expected of all Jews, no matter our affiliation or ritual observance. Each day involving money presents opportunities to cheat one's partners, customers, employees, or bosses. Everyone, however, deserves to be treated with respect and honesty, whether they can observe you or only you and God can. To be and to appear above reproach here, Moses called for a separate group to perform the audit. Well, they were his family, but there was a limited, limited pool of talent. When administering public funds, a leader must be above suspicion of misappropriation. Moses, the lawgiver, gave us what we now call a best practice. Neither building the Mishkan nor manufacturing fleece can be accomplished without accountability, as demonstrated by an independent audit. All Israel is responsible for and to one another. May we, too, both act ethically and be perceived to be honest. And then God's presence can take up residence in our midst. May it come to be.